In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Life Podcast with Hot Mike. We are uh, going to get into some pretty good topics today. You guys all know me. Um, today we're going to do something a little special. Mike's going to—he's got some information for us. I got a few things, and uh, before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and do the beginning of our live event that we practice here. I got a uh, a home COVID test here that you guys can see. It's a uh, it is just a basically one you buy at the store and we're going to open up the swab here and we are going to swab this grapefruit and see if we can get a positive on a COVID test. Heck yeah. So here we go. We're opening it up. We're going to take our swab. We're going to rub it four times on this grapefruit. You know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I think it was uh, a few countries that actually did this. They were, they were surveying the COVID PCR tests. And trying to get a feel for if COVID was ripe in their country. And a few people actually, uh, one guy did a goat, one guy did a papaya, and a couple of them came back positive. So yeah, here we go. I remember that. Okay, so after the show, I'll uh, let you guys know the results here. Sweet. All right, so Mike, what do you got for us today? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, there's a lot of people reporting um, – these almost like these purple lights that are, are popping up all over. Um, now they're typically in like parking lots or they're on the highway. Um, and they're almost like if you would like, if you went to a club and you know how like they do the, uh, the purple light to see if you have like the little, whatever, like the stamp on your, your, your hand or whatever, almost so like that a... you can get in. Yep. Um, similar to that. Uh, it's like an infrared type of like, uh, you know, whatever, like, just like if you went to a club or whatever, um, like a black light like, almost. Yeah. Like a black light. Exactly. And, um, it's, it's something that I've, I've been noticing a little bit and I've been kind of just like pushing it to the back. Like, okay, like I'm just going to put that in the back of my head and, 
and like we'll just see where this goes and, and see what happens and so the story is that there's a manufacturer's defect and that you know in an led you basically have red green and blue i believe are the three lights that you have in an led and they're saying that the green light goes out um and that it's causing these lights to from turn like instead of white or yellow as a typical light would it's going to turn purple and so these lights are turning purple and it's so funny because i i went and like looked all over and this is everywhere in the united states every city i found a different a different story from a local news station and they talk about how you know the same thing it's the exact same story and then it's a manufacturer's defect um, I found it in Topeka, Kansas, upstate South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, in Winnipeg, in Europe, uh, in Manitoba, um, and these different companies. So you have Evergy um, Energy, you have Duke Energy, you have Manitoba Hydro, all these different companies. And apparently they all must get their, their lights from the same manufacturer. So that's funny to me that every single company gets their, their lights from the same manufacturer and the same problem is happening. These lights are, are going out. The green LED is going out apparently, and it's causing it to turn purple. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so the, my first thing was, if there's a manufacturer's defect, then why do they continue to put these lights up? And if, if that's the case, and they keep saying in these news articles that they're going to like locate which ones are, manu or, or, um, you know, there's some type of defect in them, and they're going to go out and they're going to fix them. The problem is they haven't fixed them, though. They, they just keep saying that. They keep saying they're going to fix them, and they continue to just leave them up. Um, and so another thing that I found was interesting was, <clears throat> excuse me, these, uh, these stories keep coming out. The latest I found was the late 2020 and early 2021. And ever since then, you know, we've I've seen, like, March and August and uh November, December of 2021. Um, it's interesting to me the timeline that these these stories started to come out, and how all these lights keep like popping up these these purple lights, and they're in like areas that you would you know almost like you would want these lights to be like they would be in a in a location that you would want to check people for whatever it is you want to check and now we can this is where we kind of like delve into why are they being created why why do we have these purple lights that are popping up everywhere um i have all these notes here and i'm trying to, i don't want to just read from my notes but um i guess one of my questions is why are they only popping up in like street lights you know if these are lights that are being used why aren't they popping up in other products or you know, is it why is it only street lights or why is it only, you know, on the highway or whatever that we're seeing these these purple lights? And it's just crazy to me that they're they're being it's all over. It's not like it's just one city. It's not like it's just just the United States. It's even like I've seen in Europe. Now, I, I could have done more digging. Maybe it's in even in other countries, just, it's, you know, not just Europe, not just the United States. Um, but it kind of leads us to is this part of like the 5g you know is this like they have something in these vaccines and is it going to react with 5g and what's before i you know kind of hand it off to you um what i thought was interesting was the 
absolute the, the the declaration of the the pandemic was i believe it was march 11th 2020 is when they 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 said that it was a pandemic if you take 666 days and you add it <laughs> to that it's january i believe it's either january 5th or january 6th and if i if correct me if i'm wrong but january 5th is the rollout of 5g it's like the official declaration of uh, the rollout of 5g so I just thought, like, it's it's just super interesting to me that 666 days later is January 5th, 2022. And we're coming up on that. So I just, yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, there, there's no way that's a coincidence. That's a, it's a, If it's in as many states and other countries, that's it's not a bug, it's a feature, right? Yeah. And, and I... We already know that, you know, you mentioned earlier that under the black light, you're able to see certain kinds of ink. There's tons of evidence and there's tons of technology out there. A lot of it having to do with the vaccines or the quantum dot or the shot or anything like that, where that will show up. You know, isn't it interesting that the lights are popping up in areas that could be used as checkpoints, like on ramps for for cars or certain areas and. I just have a I have a difficult time believing in coincidences. I was always taught that when you have a coincidence, you don't have the whole story. Right? Yep. A coincidence is a is a sure sign that you're being lied to or you don't have all the facts. A coincidence is what you get when you apply a bad theory. Yeah. And there there is tons of stuff. I mean, it could be it could maybe I've read a little bit about some lights that are supposed to be disinfectants, you know, like uh they they cleanse a virus or something like that or yeah. or they cleanse an area however you know i can't help but think of the moth that's drawn to the blue light you know yeah. <laughs> just to meet its death like that and yeah what what do you think that maybe this has something to do with smart cities what's your take on that yeah i do and i you know i've seen some some pictures and some videos of of guys that you know like the that they go up and they're working on the lights and they they pop open the light and it shows that they've got like 5G all over the you know all over the branding and man, you know whatever um, and it's interesting to me that even the prior you know the previous generations like the 4G and the 3G there's really not a whole lot of safety studies on on this type of stuff um, and I think that it's it's you know it's even when, like if you take like Trump and how he talked about 6G and how he wants to compete with China and everything like that. And that's really what I think it's coming down to is we're just trying to keep up with these other countries. And we don't care about what it's going to do to the people. We just want to be, you know, equivalent to them with all of our technology. Um, and that's, I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, there's... There's a lot of telecom agencies and regulatory agencies that um, that, that like, like I said, they just don't have these safety policies. They don't they haven't, you know, gone deep into the effects on the biological effects on humans and animals and what it's going to do to us. Um, and even with 5G, it's like you've got to have a lot more towers and it's, it's got to be, you know, um, at a higher like level of frequency than, you know, the previous generation. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of effect that has on on people. Um, so, you know what? Now that you say that, I think it was Voltaire who said, "If you want to know who rules you, 
find out who it is you're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. And the same thing is true with like laws and stuff. And, and if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a huge surge in ideas that the sickness may be coming from 5G, but it was squashed. People were mm-hmm. people in Europe were tearing down towers and they put an immediate kibosh on that. And the whole from the conspiracy people like myself and, and, and critical thinkers and people that aren't like that argument was moved neatly off the table so no one could talk about it. And yeah. other arguments were brought on to it. You know, wouldn't it be something if if in fact the whole um Rand Paul, Dr. Fauci is this is this smokescreen and it is 5G. You know, maybe there is a a chip or something in there and maybe we are the antennas. Maybe that's the yeah. last thing they want people to talk about is like, hey, you are you know, because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you may know more about this, but the problem they were having with 5G is that it couldn't go through certain walls. There were too many obstacles, and you yeah. had to be within six feet you know, in order for it to work. And yeah. so I wouldn't put it past these guys. In fact, there's a phenomenal book. Uh, it's, not, it's not this one. It's uh, right here. When, uh, this is called When Google Met WikiLeaks, and I would <laughs> – advise everybody get this book it goes into depth about um schmidt sitting down with julian assange prior to him being arrested and it dovetails nice with julian assange's very last uh video that he made before he got in prison and he was talking about smart dust and how we are going to be the receivers and that particular type of technology is it's all over the internet if you know where to look and on top of that i wanted to add one more little one more little nugget on there there was a scientist out of Harvard. I think I forgot. I want to say the Larimer lab, but I could be misspeaking there. However, he was caught at the lab in China and he was brought into public very quickly. And then he was pushed off the table too. He was recently convicted. His lab in Harvard also recently won the, uh, what is that award people get for making weapons, but it's supposed to be the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. So at the lab in Harvard, this particular guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. And if you go to the Harvard and you look up the labs there, this guy was working on implantable technology. And so I, I didn't even think about this avenue or even explore it until you brought up the purple lights. But, you know, why not? Why, why can't it be 5G? Why can't this be the rollout of 5G to beat China and establish a new sort of commerce? And it would be benefiting everybody who's involved that's trying to make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that it's, uh, you know, economically and socially that this 5G or whatever would, would benefit, you know, uh, companies in their, their, their bottom, their bottom line. And, you know, making people have the faster connection and, you know, gaming will take off and all these these things. But, you know, it just we don't know what it's going to do to to people. Is it going to cause cancer? Is it, you know, is it going to cause, you know, all kinds of you know health problems with with animals and you know take take out ecosystems and stuff like that? My guess is probably it would. I, I, I mean, I would I would think it would because there's evidence to show that even 3G um can have negative effects. I mean, people have put plants and stuff next to, you know, 3G routers and stuff like that. And those, the plants have burned up and died. So to think that that's not going to happen to you, I mean, plants and animals are typically more resilient than humans are. So, I mean, they, they can seem to take a lot more than we can. So if, if it's taken out a plant, um, the long-term effects on a human, I think are going to be pretty, you know, pretty astounding. 
So, I mean, obviously we probably won't know that until years in the future. We already have like an increase in cancer and, you know, all these other, you know, health problems. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's plausible that all the hospitalizations, it, it might even be more plausible to say that the hospitalizations you're seeing are from 5G rather yeah. than from COVID. I mean, what a, what a great way to divert attention from the experiment, right? And it, it yeah. makes sense. If you look at experiments, you know, we, we learn from the, um, you know, the uh, Schrodinger's cat experiment that just the very idea of observing something changes it. Yeah. And so the last thing that the people in charge would want us to do is to know the truth of the experiment. Everybody's against – people are against you know, human suffering the same way they are against global warming. And if they knew it was 5G and they were dying from 5G, all the money that's been spent on infrastructure would be immediately shut off. Yeah. I think that's another, another part of it is if you look at from just from COVID um, – the amount of money that's been put into the vaccines and the apps and the COVID passes and all this stuff. It's like, even if we, let's just say in a perfect world, we, we found something that just completely eradicated COVID. Do we really think that COVID's going to disappear when all this money has been invested into the COVID pass and all this, like this is, this is billions and billions of dollars that, that these companies just aren't going to allow to just disappear. They need it now. Like they, they're going to go bankrupt if they if if this doesn't if this goes away like even the the pharmaceutical companies like it's you know they they need covid to to keep mutating and 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 enforcing people to get their boosters and all this other stuff so i don't think that this is something that's going to disappear and that's the whole thing as they kept talking about how we just need to get to this point you know we just need to we need to get over the curve and we need to um you know, everyone just needs to get their vaccine and it'll go away. And now it's, we need to get our booster and it'll go away and we'll get back to normal if everybody just gets vaccinated and gets their booster, but they keep adding to it. And it's, it's, it's never going to end. It's, this is, they have the control. Now they realize what they have. They realize that they have the control over the people. They have the fear, they have the paranoia and they're never going to let that go. They're never going to let it go. So yeah, I agree. It seems that there's always an invisible boogeyman. If yeah. it's, you know, if it's uh if if it's communism, if it's terrorism, if it's if it's COVID, you know, it's it's always this invisible monster, but don't worry cuz they have the answer. And only yep. they know and you can't question them. Yep. You know, I was doing some research on viruses and uh there's an interesting quote I wanted to read you about the viruses here that I wrote down. It says uh what is necessary for a virus to spread is contagion or a medium by which it can be transmitted. In order for technocracy to take over the world stage, it is also required to have a contagion by which entire societies and social systems could be successfully infected. And you could argue that technology is in fact the medium which, which infects people. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, interesting to me how similar this is like the first virus that's spread by a computer it's spread by television it's spread by word of mouth it's spread by panic and mm -hmm. that's what keeps it alive if you, if you looked at like drudge report or any of these people you know headline conglomerates that all you see is panic and 
that is a form of a virus. It's like a mind virus. It's like, hey, yeah. we're telling you what to think. Read, read this. Be scared. Don't talk yep. to your kids. Even if you look at the messaging from like Fauci on TV talking about it's okay for you to meet with your family. Like we don't need that yep. dummy to tell us when we can yep. meet with our family. But exactly. it's amazing how many people listen to what that person says. Yeah. I, I, I in you some know. ways it, it makes me sad to think, right? I, uh, I, I really think that there's, there is a, 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 a sort of synthesis between, I think what COVID is, is a synthesis of money, science, and technology. Yeah. And it's a way to scare people into making changes that they would never make unless they were forced to. And I'm having yeah. a very difficult time finding the, the, you know, you, they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, Mike, but I can't even see, can you see any good intentions? Like why, what would be a good intention for them to do this in your opinion? Honestly, I, I can't think of anything. I, I mean, I, I try to like to go out on a limb and say like, you know, I, I, from my public health background, it's like in the military, you know, you see these movies, right? Like these zombie movies and stuff where like there's some terrible contagion and like if, if it's spreading and, and you can somewhat understand if it was that serious, like it was Ebola or something that was really, really dangerous, really deadly, extremely painful that you could understand where they're coming from. Like you need to quarantine and you need to do all these things. And I think I can somewhat get behind that. But the problem is from the get go, they've even admitted that it's a 99.7 or whatever the, the percentage is now of survival rate. And it's like, that's not scary. That's, that's not scary at all. So I don't know why you're acting like this and I don't understand why you're destroying your economy and you're destroying the mental health of, of your, your citizens and everything like that. For something that isn't deadly and it's you know they want to talk about how like they'll show you just different stories of of, the, of somebody in the hospital and how they they just wish that they would have just gotten their vaccine and all this other stuff and it's like what about all the other people that 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 aren't impacted by this and like why don't you show the other side of this of the coin where you have people that are their parent you know their their marriages are falling apart and they're the other people that killed themselves because they've lost contact with all other humans and it's like they're they're so depressed and they just they just want everything to end and you've even had uh the elderly where like they you know they they just they've given up they've they're already in like you know older folks homes and they're they're it's already you know a a depressing environment and then you take tell them that they can't leave their like their homes or, or their you know their rooms or whatever and it's like they basically give up and they just they just want to die and you know, you don't show that side of it. You only show the side of that that, that person that's, you know, really sick or whatever that, you know, at the same time you have people that are, that have the flu and like they, they get really, really sick too. And you don't sit there and try to propaganda, propagandize the flu. It's just, so it's just sad. It's a sad state of affairs that we're in. Um, you know, it's interesting that I was just talking to my dad and um, he, uh, up until I don't know how long ago, it was very recently, he, he wasn't vaccinated. And he, um, you know, he hadn't gotten it at all. He was fine. He, you know, we went, what are, where are we like almost two years into this? And um, he even said that he's like, you know, I went this whole time and I never got COVID. You know, I never got sick and I was fine. And then um, he apparently went out and got his shots. And I was like, you know, why? Like, why? You just got done telling me that 
you hadn't had any issues with COVID. And he couldn't tell me. He just like, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting up there in age and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought that, you know, I, I really should get it. And I was just like, my heart sank, you know, because like, you don't want your family members to get this type of stuff. You, you know, what's potentially in it and what it can do to them. And he just kept saying how, you know, he's, he's fine. You know, he, he's got it a week or two ago and, you know, hasn't had any issues. I'm like, well, how do you know what, what's going to happen in a month from now? How do you know what's going to happen in a year from now? Um, you know, you just got done telling me that you were completely fine, that you hadn't had any issues with it. So why would you go out and get it? And, you know, he just, he just couldn't give me the answer. And it was just like, I, I feel like this is what's happening to a lot of people is they just keep watching the news. They keep hearing the fear and then they, they cave. Like they think that they're doing the socially right thing. To, like they, they're doing their part to, to stop the spread. And it's like, you're not doing anything. You're, you're just putting yourself at risk. And it's, it's just sad. You know, it's just really sad. It is. And it's like, I could, I could understand why, like the last three, last, last, maybe month and a half, ever since Omicron came out, it started off as nothing, but then they just ratcheted up the fear to like a hundred percent, maybe 500%. And it's a, if, if you understand the idea of social conditioning and you understand it's like if I show you a magic trick, it's pretty cool. But then if I show you how to do that magic trick, you don't ever want to see it again because like, that's a dumb right. trick. I know how to do it. Yeah. So if you can, if you understand that television and that the majority of media is it's a show, it's a TV yeah. program. It's just there for entertainment. You know, besides entertainment, it's there to push ideas on you, and it makes me so upset and so sad that there's people in positions of authority that are preying on the weakest among us. Yeah. And I, I, I did the same thing. I tried to rack my brain and ask myself, like, okay, let's say that there's really, really smart people in positions of authority. Like, why would they want to do this? My friend Ernest just called it a uh, omnicold. You know what? I heard. <laughs> let me just. Inter- I heard it was called. Uh, if you change those letters, you can spell moronic for omicron yeah. too. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so, uh, <laughs> so I was trying to think of like, what could there possibly be some some good intentions? And the only one I could kind of come up with was like, you know what? Potentially, the long-term ramifications for RNA uh, or or uh, even the DNA, new types of treatments, it could theoretically cure you from all diseases. Like that's a possibility. Yeah. But the ethical attempt to just flat out test it on everybody, like that that's a that's a crime against humanity to yeah. just start testing it. You know, unless and then I started that made me start thinking like, well, you know what? If we truly are in an whether it's inflation or deflation, if we're headed towards a collapse, you know, we already saw in 2008, we saw the big banks and the insurance companies fail. So the, if we never fix that and we're in a similar situation, the insurance companies have no way of paying out all the claims. They can't pay out the annuities. They can't pay out the deaths. They can't pay out any of that. Yep. And so, you know, just just like General Motors or just like these big companies, they do a cost-benefit analysis whether they should recall something or not recall something. Yeah. We can have X amount of deaths as long as we don't have this many. Yeah. You've got to think that the big corporations and insurance companies have that same thing. And so they probably thought, we can test this on this many rest homes. We can have this many people die. And we're going to just do this live experiment and see how pissed off the people get. And we'll know when to pull it back. You know, yeah. and like that, that that's as... That's is, that's is, I don't think that's a good intention, but I, I, I could see that being one of the things they're trying to roll out on people now. I've, 
Yeah. If that's one of the, the areas I went down thinking about it, but that's all I could really come up with, you know, but, but once you brought up the purple lights, that's a whole another avenue. I mean, I, another issue I was thinking about today was I'm sure everybody here is familiar with the book, um, confessions of an economic hitman. If you're not, if anybody's not familiar with that book, you guys should check it out. It's by John Perkins. And he was a, uh, an agent for like the, for the IMF or the World Bank, and what he would do is he would go to third world countries and offer a loan to these countries that, with a crazy interest rate. Think about like a payday loan. That's kind of what he was doing there. And he would offer them terms that they could never pay back, and when they couldn't pay it back, he would go down and say, look, I know you can't pay this back. Why don't you sell us your resources? Why don't you give us this dam? And they would privatize stuff that way. And so as I was thinking about that, and I, I reread some of that book today, I went on the uh, world debt clock. You guys can look up the national debt clock by state by state. And some of the, the states that I looked at were New York, California, Oregon, a lot of the states where they're rolling out this stuff really hardcore. And those states are like 20% debt to GDP ratio. Those, some of those, all of those ones I named are over $10,000 in debt per citizen there. And if you think about it from that angle, these states may maybe they're in some sort of an economic hitman situation where where there's, you know, this whole talk about public private partnerships. Like maybe these private companies are coming and saying, look, we're going to pay off your debt, but we're going to we want some we want these we want this area to build a port. We want this housing structure for this. We want to put in these lights here. We're going to pay yeah. off all your debt. Don't worry, but we need to buy this stuff for this price. We also want to put a factory here. We're going to do your infrastructure. And that would dovetail nice with the whole build back better public private partnership. You know, and mm -hmm. if you if you just pan out and you look at the whole thing from like, a you know, 10,000 feet, it looks like a pretty neat plan. Like, OK, these people need money. No problem. We're going to go in there. We're going to, you know, we're going to acquire the real estate. We're going to get it out pennies at the dollar. Um, yeah, a lot of people are going to die. But, you know, it's nothing. In America, we look at this like a tragedy, but this happens all over the world all the time. It's just that it's yeah. happening here now, which brings me to one one other point that like I remember hearing an unbelievable interview with um, who was the guy that the uh, the oil guy who shot his buddy in the face? Uh, Dick Cheney. That's him. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he had an interview. <laughs> he had an interview one time and they asked him, hey, when are we going back from uh it was him and Don Rumsfeld, and they were asking him, hey, when do we come back from Iraq? And he's like, we're never coming back from there. He goes, you guys don't get it. If we leave there, all that comes here. And I, that's just stayed with me for so long. Like, what, what is he talking about that comes here? Mm -hmm. Well, now I think we're, getting a, we're catching a glimpse of it. Like, maybe he means the hollowing out of the infrastructure. Maybe he means the privatization of your country. Maybe he means the complete dismantling of your economy. Maybe what he meant is that, Hey, we're over there doing the dismantling. If we stop doing it, someone else is going to do it, and they're going to do it here. Yep. I mean, you can make a case for that now. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's exactly what's happening. I mean, it seems like we're, you know, we were like the superpower, and we we had everything going right, and you know, you had other countries like Russia and China that were kind of like third world almost, and then they they seem to they change things like they, you know, I. I don't know enough about it to go into detail, but I just know that, that whatever they were doing, it seems like they now they're now they're a superpower. They have a lot of of um, you know natural resources that they're that they're like hoarding, and that they have these abilities to to basically push us, you know, in the military and 
um it's like almost like we've realized like now they're like like we're right here and you know they're right next to us and now they're starting to get a little bit stronger and we're like oh well maybe we should start doing what they do and like maybe we should start like throwing in a social credit score maybe we should you know um start like threatening our citizens like if they don't if they do certain things that we're going to call them a terrorist and we're going to throw them in jail or we're going to you know whatever it's like it's like we're becoming you know communist almost and um i think that's kind of what's happening is we're starting to switch from you know being a republic and you know a democracy to more of a of a dictatorship and i don't know if you saw it i don't know if you saw um the white house's message for the for the christmas um, basically like, you know, thank you if you got your vaccine. Um, but for those of you that haven't, it's going to be a dark, you know, you know there's going to be a lot of death and stuff like that. And I was like, well, wow, that sounds like a threat. Like, uh, it's almost like, you know, if you haven't got your vaccine, yeah. like you're going to die. Like, and they're just like, that was kind of grim. Like, yeah. I don't, is that something that the white house should be talking about? Like, is that something that the white house should be saying? Um, and so that was kind of weird. I, I was, I just, I'm never like, I, I wake up every day and I see some of the headlines and I'm like, it doesn't surprise me anymore. Like just the th the stuff that they say, and I don't know. It's uh, we're going to to a, a a dark time. I think that you know things are going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And um, it does nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me what they say and what they do. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I you know it. it you're right. So did your dad get the vaccine after that president's address or before? I was I, I think it was after. Um, and I know that he's he's a super big Trump supporter. Like he he hates Biden. Um, so it wasn't something like, you know, he like likes Biden. And he was like, oh, well, he's just he's telling the truth. Like it was I just think that he watches too much of the news. And, you know, I, it's wild. I have also a cousin that um, they're very like they just kind of do whatever, like society says is like right like so like they got their kid I, I don't know what how old he is i would say he's probably maybe around 10 or 12 um he's one of my cousins and he um they just gave him the vaccine and he just got covid and so they were gonna have christmas um at their place and because he got covid they they canceled everything and so nobody like they didn't all you know meet up for christmas um, so it was just weird to me that, you know, he got the COVID vaccine and then all of a sudden he got, he got really sick with COVID. Um, and it's just, yeah, uh, it's just sad, you know, like I, I can't, I don't understand why anybody would, I can, I somewhat understand, like if you're an, you know, older, you know, 60 plus or something, and you're just really worried about getting sick and you've listened to too much of the, of the propaganda and you want to get it, but like to get a kid this, like that. You know has their whole future ahead of them their whole life ahead of them it's just wild to me that you would you know even even risk that but, so. yeah i agree i i don't i i don't understand like you know i wish i had the had done the work to put up the results of here's what happened two years ago with the flu and here's what's happening now i bet you they're just completely congruent yeah you know and i one one thing we can do is we can look at what you know what is covid doing is it let's just put the hospital stuff aside like let's look at the social implications of what it's doing yeah. it's definitely destroying families it's causing brother against brother and it is destroying education i read an article the other day that said uh, kids between kindergarten and fifth grade are 25 per scoring 25 percent lower 
than they would two years ago, as well as an incredible amount of behavior problems and mental health problems. Mm-hmm. And it's destroying holidays. It seems like there's always a flare up during a yeah. traditional holiday, which coincides also with destroying statues and, and freedom. You know, it, it's just, it just seems, like I said, if you could just step back and look at these things happening, it's a perfect excuse to destroy or, or, uh, like a controlled demolition of an economy. Like you have to have something there in order to make these things happen. You have to have people afraid in order to control them. You have to have people afraid in order for them to listen to you. Yeah. And I, you know, on the topic of Trump, he had a recent uh, interview with Candace Owens that, I, that. Yeah. I think it's important to point out that he's going through a lot of issues as far as be, you know, who knows how much stuff is coming down his neck and how I'm sure the guy's got tons of, skeletons in the closet that he doesn't yeah. want out there but in that interview all of a sudden he was like oh i gotta get this thing you know and it, it just seemed somewhat out of character i mean before isn't it interesting that he was the guy that said we should do it in the beginning and and biden everyone's like no don't get it and then yeah. it's the same people in charge that are running it doesn't matter if it's trump or biden like the same people it's still fauci there it's still yeah. the nih it's still the same plan rolling out yep. it's just a different ventriloquist dummy you know what i mean yeah yeah, that's something I, you know, uh, so in 2016, I actually voted for Trump um, and about two years into his uh, his presidency, I kind of started to catch on like, OK, this guy is kind of full of it. Like, you know, I, I originally voted for him because it was like he wasn't a career politician and it was kind of like a, a, a cog in the in the wheel type of thing. Um, let's just see, see what happens, because we know what we're going to get with Hillary. We know what we're going to get with Biden. We know who they are. Um, and by no means am I sitting here trying to tout you know a democrat or a republican but i really don't i don't i think that the whole two-party system is a joke and um i think it's as right. it's all about the the circus and bread you know like where it just they mm-hmm. act like they hate each other like trump says he wants to drain the swamp he doesn't want to drain the swamp he's with he's in bed with all of those people um and so it's just sad because you have a lot of people like a lot of my family have really big trump supporters and they really gave me a hard time. Like, why aren't you voting? Why aren't you? Like, why aren't you going to support Trump? You can't let Biden into office. And it's like, I told them, I said, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to change anything. And we need to stop thinking that a person is going to come into office and that they're going to save our country, and they're going to just get us back on track because they're all in bed together. And when we start stop voting for a Republican and Democrat, and we start voting for you know whoever like the best candidate is. Um, then maybe we'll get somewhere. But um, even then, I don't think that that any one person's going to be able to fix. I think we're too globalist now. Like, it's the power has been taken from the United States, and there's no one person that can fix what we're, we're going through. Um, it's it's this is the the this is the road we're on, and there's no getting off of it at this point. So, yeah, I I was curious. What do you, let me ask you this. So it seems to me that you know i've read some of the uh, rockefeller operation lockstep stuff and what they get into is basically world government like a fascist world government taken over by corporations and their main issue is that hey there's too many regulations you know why if we try to do business in europe we got to contact all these states and over here it's just too much why, why do we need government government just gets in the way and that's a huge talking point from republicans and it's a way to whipsaw the, the right and the left together. But it seems to me what's being done is that government 
which I don't agree with a lot of them, most government. Like I, I understand the need for it, but I don't agree with so much. It seems to me that they are becoming the fall guy around the world, and, and you're going to see the corporate takeover. Like it's, I'm sure that corporations pretty much run the show now. They're yeah. writing the bills in Congress. They have the lobbyists. But I think on some level, they're like, you know what? It's getting too expensive. We're paying for all these dumb influencers, you know, like – Let's just get rid of them, and then we'll do the public-private thing, and we'll just take the mask off and show everybody. And so I, I find myself pushing back against a lot of people that tell me, oh, it's government's the problem. And I'm like, yeah, it is, but let's not forget that – I think it was John Dewey who said government is the shadow cast upon people by business. Is business going to be any better of a governor? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to square that, Mike. I, I, I work for a multinational. I'm, those guys look at me like I'm a number the same way that all multinationals look at people like numbers and the same way the government look at people like numbers. And so I, I'm not sure on that thesis there of, of you know, is it would it would we be better without government or would we be in more trouble because we'd be owned by a corporation? What do you think? <laughs> I think that's uh, it's a great question. And I don't really have the answer other than I think that you're, we're kind of damned if we do damned if we don't. Um, I, <laughs> It's I've 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 asked myself that same question. You know, uh, I think that the government is the the cause of our problems. They want to have they want to tell you they have the answers, but it's because they caused the problem to begin with. Um, but would it be any better if, if it was just corporate? You know, like you know, if it was dog eat dog, you know, um, every man for themselves type of thing. Would would that be any better? I don't know. I I think that when you talk about business, I don't think that I don't think that it would be any better because I think that. Um, you know, it would be like the strong, only the strong survive. Um, and you'd still have, I think, your Amazons and everything like that. And they would just eat up all the other smaller companies. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that the, the, the problem is the human condition. Uh, I think that, you know, we, we just, mm. everyone, it's a me first attitude. They want to, you know, it, nobody really cares about the other person. Like we have friends and it's like, you know, that's really sad that that happens. You know, something bad happens, but it's like, does it really bother you? Like, are you going to lose sleep over the fact that like that your buddy's friend, like got cancer or like that's like, it, I don't think that we care enough about each other. And I think that's part of the problem. I think that if people cared more about each other and we, you know, we were more reliant on each other that, you know, the world would be a better place, but I don't know if we're ever going to get to that point. So. I it's it's yeah, funny that's it's a in great, the uh, that's a great point. Yeah, in the in the I don't I don't so I don't know exactly what the chapter is, but I know that somewhere in the Bible it basically I think it's Revelation that it states that you know in the end that um man would uh, basically like brother would turn against brother and um you know neighbor against neighbor and stuff like that and um it just seems like that's kind of where we're at right now like everybody just doesn't really care about the other person. Um it's just everybody's thinking about themselves and you know their own their own hide, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that you bring that up. Like I've I've been um, it's so amazing how you can interpret the Bible and the information in there, and and regardless of what anybody thinks, it's a it's a phenomenal book, and there's yeah. so much you can get out of there, man. Like I didn't realize it until I got a little bit older, but it's just it's beautiful in so many ways, and yeah, I was uh. I was reading a little bit about the Tower of Babel, and like it made me start thinking like you could argue that the monetary system of the world is the Tower of Babel, and it brought mm -hmm. all these languages together into the language of a monetary power, and they, 
these people like if you and you know what's funny if you look at the bank of international settlements it kind of looks like the tower of babel like it's all yeah. built the same way yeah and it's just so fat it's like it's it's like it's filled with money changers what did jesus yeah. do get out of here you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and like isn't it isn't it isn't it interesting that like like a, a god or a miracle or some cataclysm had to come and destroy that thing and the people had to be separated to be free again yeah. it's almost like all this slave labor was just building this enormous machine for someone who wanted or a group of people who wanted to be God, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like that's one way I've been interpreting it lately. And I, I, on a quick side tangent, like, you know, I've been rereading like some revelations too, or the, the book of the apocalypse. Right. And like I've been reading this one book, it's called History, Fiction or Science, and it gets into some of the astronomical um, some of the astronomical dating, you know, and it tells about there was an e there was an eclipse when Jesus was crucified, and these this particular book I'm reading talks about you can tell what year it is because eclipses happen cyclically, you know, for forever, and maybe not forever. I'm sure there's been planets changing around or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, as I was reading this book, I began thinking that. You know, there's, there is a lot of nomenclature in different sacred books that talk about the constellation of the throne appears before the end of the world. And, and uh, it led me to this thought that, you know, maybe, maybe what some people were telling us when they spoke about religion and looking at the stars, especially the Egyptians, they were telling us that the reason we have astronomical dating, the reason we look at these constellations is because every now and then a cataclysm happens. And yeah. as I began thinking about that, like I turned to my friend Plato and in Plato, there's a, there's a, there's a part called Timaeus. And in, in that part of Timaeus, um, Solon, who is uh, Socrates's, I think it's like his great grandfather. So he goes and he meets the Egyptians and they're talking story a little bit. And he comes to ask the Egyptians, like, how is it that you're, understanding of antiquity is so much greater than all of ours and this old egyptian priest looks at solon who is you know 23,000 years ago this this old egyptian priest and it's written right there in timaeus it's written right there in plato he says oh solon you greeks are so young you don't understand like your your world your greeks your whole society remembers only one flood and yeah. We, as Egyptians, we remember all of them. It's yeah. written on our tombs. This, they, you have a myth about a, there's a Greek myth, I think it's called Phaedrus. And in the Phaedrus, it's the story about a gentleman or a, a young kid who's become a demigod. And he tries, to ride her, he tries to ride his father's chariot into the sun, but he crashes and the whole world catches on fire. Mm -hmm. And so this priest says to um, Solon, he says, that myth is the story of a comet hitting the earth because yeah. every few thousand years there's a like a warble in the celestial bodies that hits the planet yeah. and uh anyways i know i fully went off tangent there but like nah. it just makes me think like how so much information in the bible that can tell yeah. you like what's happening and what's not yeah. and how much more true that book is than tv is or how yeah. much more information we could get about our world rather than reading headlines and listening yeah. to the propaganda. 
yeah i mean i think even at the very at the bare minimum it's it gives you like a historical context of of a lot of things that happened um and even if people look at it as just a historical document that you know um i think that there's a lot of use from it um you know regardless if you're religious or not um it's interesting too that we have a lot of the uh I don't know if you, you've seen how like our, our poles are shifting and how like they move like a football field every day or it's like mm. every day or every week or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, within the next couple of years, I think that we're going to see a lot of changes. So <laughs> this is my daughter right here. Oh, hey, She's a beautiful girl. Yeah. So this is my friend, Mike. Hello. hello. So I, here's something to think about um, on the on the pole shift, like. You know what no one talks about? What do you think the magnet, the migration of the magnetic North Pole has on climate change? No one talks about that, right? Yeah. Maybe the, you know, that that's huge, right? Like if you look yep. at this map behind me, you can kind of see like, okay, we're all facing this way. But what, what if the magnetic North Pole shifts, what, 20, it's moving even faster. If it shifts 20 degrees every yeah. year, that's yeah. fully going to change the way in which the the uh, energy hits the earth it's going to change the climate it's going to change it's going to activate volcanoes it's yep. going to change the way we as people act with each other and if you if you pair that with what it says in the bible it's going to be brother against brother who's to say that the change in the magnetic polar can't shift the way we treat each other yep. you know who's to say that that's not one of the horses that, that ride out right yeah and no why why not why not i mean it's totally plausible yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And that's kind of, you know, over the years, that's a, kind of like what you're saying, everything's cyclical and how, um, you know, we've had the flood and we had, you know, you had the dinosaurs and how they were wiped out. And it's like, you know, was that climate change too? Was that, Oh, but that's weird. There was no humans back then. So I don't know how that, you know, it's it just these things happen over years and years and years. And again, like if you have um, like pole flipping and stuff like that, that's going to completely turn everything upside down so that's going to change the temperature it's going to melt the glaciers it's going to increase the flooding it's going to do all of these things and it's just so convenient that they want to blame it on man and they want to say like oh if we'll just we'll, we'll we'll tax these companies and we'll make them buy carbon credits and we'll do all this stuff and make them you know make all this money off of climate change but in reality it it wouldn't matter what we do to the earth it's gonna it's, it's gonna have these astronomical changes you know no matter what yeah. Yeah, I, I read a stat one time that says uh, one volcano puts more CO2 into the air than mankind has since the industrialization of mankind. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's 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 a uh, it's a it's like Carlin said, it's a big club and we ain't in it. You yep. know, exactly. Yeah, it's fascinating. I um, I was I was I did a little bit of research, too, on. Pretty much what we talked about, but uh, I think it ties in nicely. And I was just uh, let me grab this other book that I had right here. Um, what did I do with it? Let's see. So I don't know if you guys have read this one yet, but this is uh, just by Edward Bernays. It's called Propaganda, and uh, I just wanted to read this first little intro right here. And I think it it helped wake me up a little bit. And I I think if people can understand this just first chapter, I think it's pretty telling so let me just go ahead and read this right here the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society 
those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. Our invisible governors are in many cases unaware of the, the identity of their fellow members in the inner cabinet. They govern us by their qualities of natural leadership, their ability to supply needed ideas, their, their ability to supply needed ideas, and by their key positions in the social structure. Whatever attitude one chooses toward this coordination, it remains a fact that in almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons, a trifling fraction of our 120 million, today would be 320 million, who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pool the wires which control the public mind, who harness old social forces and contrive new ways to bind and guide the world. That to me is, that has been going on since, you know, we've had kings and queens and and whatnot. What, the one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of hope, it's, it's both magic and tragic. And what, what I think is happening is there were really, really smart people, and there still is today. However, there used to be the smartest people in the world controlled it, I think. You know, it seems to me that some of the founding fathers were pretty intelligent people. It mm -hmm. seemed to me that certain people, it used to be that scholars went to school. Not everybody, scholars went to school. Yeah. And it seems to me what's happening in the world today is the same thing that happened in the Muslim faith. And that was the division between Sunnis and Shias, right? When Muhammad died, half one group thought it should stay with, the leadership should stay with the family. The second group thought, you know what, it should go on to the person who's the best suited to do it. And if you look at presidents, CEOs, wealthy families, you know, maybe you, you could use instead of the Muslim faith, you could use Billy Madison. Like it could have been the guy that should have ran the company. It could have been Billy Madison. You yeah. know, the wealthy families, the John Kerry's of the world, the Hillary Clinton's of the world, the Trumps of the world. They put their kids in charge instead of putting the person in charge that should be running stuff. If the right. person that was right for the job got the job, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their orientation, if mm -hmm. the smartest, best person got the job, we'd probably all be better off. But yeah. we're so I, and here's the, here's kind of a kicker. I, I don't know what I would do if I owned a multi-billion-dollar family office, and I had a kid, and I had a number two guy. Who are you going to give the job to? I guess that's something you could probably only face once you got there. But it seems yeah. to me to be one of the issues. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I that's tough. Uh, I don't know how I would do it. I just think that if it, personally, if that was me, I think I would I would kind of put them on an even keel where they're you know they have equal power. Um, maybe not even equal power, maybe the, the, like my kid, my son or whatever would have, you know, um, like the second, you know, he'd be like the second in power or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I personally think that whoever is the, the smartest, the, the, the best at what they do, they should be the one that, that runs it. Um, I don't think that, you know, you should get into a, because at the end of the day, like, is that, is your kid or your son or your daughter, are they going to be any worse off? You know, if they're, you know, they're the, 
second in, in command rather than the first. Like it, they're still going to be well off. They're still going to, you know, have plenty of money to do what they need to do. So um, I, that's my whole my whole thing is I think that that's where even what's it called? Um, you know, where they try to I forget what they call it, um, where they try to equal opportunity with like the the black and the Mexicans and all that and like. They don't want, you know, necessarily the, the best person to get the job. They have to have a certain amount of people that they need to have of colored, you know, descent in their in their workforce. Um, I don't agree with that either because you're you're basically saying that you're going to hire people just because of the color of their skin um, when they're maybe not even, you know, a good candidate to fill the job. So I just think that it should be whoever is the the best performer, top performer, should be the ones that paid. They're the ones that should run the company. They're the ones that should, you know. Should be calling the shots. Yeah, I agree. What I was thinking too, like, you know, we we talked earlier about how people seem to not really care as much anymore, and how they're we're being divided and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is a learned behavior, or do you think that's like an innate behavior? I, I was trying to think about it myself, and it seems to me that it's the nature of money that makes people like that like yeah you know when you get a bunch of kids together they'll play tag or they'll solve their problems but they don't i mean maybe at a certain age they start worrying about who's wearing the better shoes but for a long time and they don't they don't care you know mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that the 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 sickness that's passed down is probably you know the uh, the monetary system that causes the sickness it's this idea of wanting to have more and judging yourself based on what you have versus who you are. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know how to fix that, but it just seems like that that's part of the issue as well. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that um, that's, that's all you see on the, on the television nowadays is, you know, the, the big, the big spenders and everything now on Netflix and Amazon is, you know, uh, all about the, 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 the wealthy and the rich and you got 10 different, shows about um you know real estate agents and, and how much money they have and selling you know multi-million dollar properties and how they have the nicest shoes and the nicest suits and all that stuff and it's like i personally i'm the opposite i've never i mean like you see i've, I've got like sweatshirt on like i i literally live in like sweatpants and like gym clothing like i don't i have the don't get don't get me wrong i can i could go out and spend like you know a hundred dollars on the shirt if i wanted to but that's not important to me. I don't care. Like I, I go to the gym and I have uh, like holes in my shirts and I have like, like deodorant stains on my shirts. And it's like, I don't care like that. I'm there to work out. I'm not there to look like a certain type of individual. And that's why I think like you, if you go to the gym, you, you see people, they've got the nicest clothing on. Like they, they think that if they have the, this bright neon shirt and it's like they everybody can see them that that makes them like stronger it makes them more fit or it makes them more like suitable to be <laughs> in the work and in the gym and it's like it's a joke i you see how they work out and you see how how they act and it's like you you don't you don't really get it do you because that has nothing to do with with who you are um you know and who you are as a person um so i i i, I would say the opposite i would think like the person that that's not dressed very nicely. That's the guy. That's that's the person I'm going up to, to hang out with because I want the people that are humble that that, that know where they came from um, compared to the person that just cares about what everybody else thinks and what they look like. So, <sighs> yeah, I agree. It's it's amazing. It's like a 
you know, that same guy that buys the flashy shirt to go to the gym is the same guy that's probably listening to Fauci. You know, it's the yeah. same person that's doesn't have that barrier of like the BS detector or something like yeah. that. On on a on a related note, I know these I know these screenwriters that are brilliant and they wrote this beautiful movie. Their objective was to write a movie that would be like the new Christmas story. And they presented they sold their script and they 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 sent it off to like one of the greatest I, I there's a middleman. I forgot the person's name or, or their job, but it's the middleman that you sell to that then gives you the okay to to send it to you know Zemeckis or or Apple or whatever the it's the middleman. Yeah. And they send it to the middleman, and the middleman's like, nah, it's garbage, man. You got to have like it needs it's way too old fashioned. It needs to be a, you know, there needs to be a lot of like tragedy and divorce and death. You know? yeah. And like yeah. they told me that, and I was like, that was such a beautiful story you wrote. Yeah. But the person, the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper yeah. was like, no, it has yeah. to have this horrible stuff. And I, I just remember talking to him like, why would that person want that out there? Like you, you guys are writing this beautiful, poetic piece of artwork that would inspire people. Yeah. And they're like, well, it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't sell. It's that the gatekeepers are making a conscious decision what people see. And you yeah. start thinking about that in a long term, like people go to the movies and they see it. Hey, it's okay to, to to do this it's okay to 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 dress like this it's okay to to be in an abusive relationship it's okay to get rid of your kid it's all these things are okay like happens all the time on tv no yep. that's like the that's the very foundation of demoralization and it's the degradation of our society and it's being pumped all over the airwaves for kids to see hey look at this you that's okay just do it no but there's people making a conscious decision to put that on air 24 hours a day to put yeah. it on the iPad, to put it in kids shows, to put it in YouTube channels. That's a conscious decision people are making. They, you could choose something awesome or choose something bad, and then they say, "Oh, well, that doesn't sell." That's, yeah. That sells just fine. It's just that they don't want that out there. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because you know prior to we talked a little bit about the you know the flood and everything and how um, you know like God scattered the the people and you know changed their languages and everything like that. And it's. It's interesting before that happened it was just immoral everything was immoral people were doing things that they shouldn't be doing they should be worshiping idols and all these different things that you know you really shouldn't be doing and and then the flood came and you know destroyed everything and you know even in the bible it states that you know as in the days of noah it'll be again you know like in you know our current time and it's it's interesting to see the state of our of our society how everything is you have the parents that are up in arms about the transgender, you know, agenda that's being pushed and, and the porn that's in the, you know, the, the library and, and everything. And they're pissed off about that. And they're being told by their government that they're terrorists, that, that you can't talk about, you can't threaten, you know, the school board. And, you know, how dare you like, you know, how dare us as parents, like not to want our kids looking at that, you know, if they're 21, you know, 18, they move out of the house yeah. and they want to do that stuff. That's completely up to them. You know, that's, they're their own people they can do that. But when they're under my house and they, 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 they're not going to be taught that type of stuff. And it was interesting. I even had this conversation with my wife today. We were, she watches a lot of different shows on Netflix. Um, just, you know, just the, the stuff to keep her busy, you know? Um, and there's a lot of this, every single, and I'm not talking like a lot, I'm talking everything is, and I'm again, I'm not against, if you want to be gay, you want to be transgender or whatever, that's your, that's your business. But it's almost like everything now is, everyone's gay everyone's you know transgender every that's cool that's everybody that's normal that's what that's what everybody does now like it's 
And it's if you look at it from don't even look at it from a religious standpoint, look at it from a societal standpoint. How are we going to continue as a society if everyone's gay, if everybody is if girls want to be boys and boys want to be girls? How are we going to continue our population on if that's the norm, the new normal? And it's almost like they want to destroy society. They want to bring everything down that, that has worked for this country, for, for humanity. They want to bring it down and they want to usher in chaos, like they just stuff that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Whether if you're gay, it doesn't work. You can't procreate with another man. Like it just doesn't happen that way. So sorry, <laughs> hashtag science. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, like it's just it's sad it's just sad to see the state of of everything in the world like it's just they're just trying to destroy everything from the economy to to the 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 family to to society it's just it's all being brought down yeah it's a it's interesting how you know if you think of you know the content on tv whether it's alternative lifestyles or, or being gay or, or transgender or, or COVID, you know, they're all, it's all marketing. They're marketing it to people. Like they're selling it as a cool thing. They're, they're all ideas and they're selling them to you, you know, and it costs money to do it. And it's, it's, it is, if if you look at, I've, I've read some interesting articles about social engineering and it talks about how, young kids don't pay any taxes and, and they're very expensive until they're 18. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason why we have immigration is because you could bring people in that are working age and they automatically start paying taxes. Yeah. You know, um, so the, if the less children people have, you know, if you have a child then one person would, it's nice to have one person to stay home. It's nice to have one parent there at least, you know, yeah. it's nice to be able to have one person make an income, pay the bills and you can still have a family. But that's not very good economic behavior if you're the state they want both people working they don't want you being at home the system we have in the u.s it went from being a a nuclear family and when i moved to hawaii i learned this i was i lived on my own at 17 and it was like if you wanted to get out and and find a, a girlfriend and start a life like there was hey get it we still with your parents you big oh my god what a loser you are you know it was like this social pressure yeah. And in, in oh, what kind of car do you have? And obviously, I grew up in Southern California, so that's probably one reason it was so distinct. But then, and I remember seeing my friends that like live with their parents and like looking down on them, like this guy didn't work, what a loser. But then when I moved to Hawaii, like I saw this different structure. I saw like grandparents that live with their kids, and those kids had kids. And and at first, I still ha- I still carried those stupid stereotypes of like, oh, they're probably just lazy or something. But then the more I the more I, I got to live here and the more I got to see, the more I realized how dumb I was and how stupid I am for believing that. Like it's so much better. There's definitely some maybe drawbacks or whatever, but the amount of knowledge a grandparent has is vastly superior to a young couple with a child. Yeah. It's such a better family unit when a child can go to his parents and his grandparents yeah. and have four sources of information coming in or the parents can get a day off and hey we're gonna go away for the weekend mom dad can you please take care of them and they're happy to do it you know it's like 
and and it just creates this unit where like okay the grandparents retire maybe you have like a granny flat the the dad can go to work and the grandma maybe cooks some food the wife takes care of the kids and yeah. grandpa does the yard you know but the, we work as a team you know or yeah. or it could maybe the woman goes to work and the dad takes care of the kids whatever yeah but it's such a better unit that creates better people and stronger and smarter and more competent and what happened in the west is we completely eroded that it went from it went from that to okay grandparents go to an old folks home mom and dad go to work kid goes to daycare yep. and like it just radically fundamentally destroyed the family and it seems to me that that's that push is being just they're just trying to push that even further where like yeah. don't even have kids now just take one of these lifestyles or or do this you know and it's 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 tragic to me it's tragic to me but let's what, yeah. what, what, how can we wrap this thing up on a positive note, Mike? What do you got on the, what do you got on the horizon that you're looking forward to, man? Um, for me, um, I definitely, uh, I'm going to be going back to school actually, um, like January 10th. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm really, you know, it's funny. I, I never would, uh, when a million years thought that I would have finished my bachelor's and my master's and everything. And I've always said that I hate school, but, um, I, I think that knowledge is power and, um, you know, it's for me, I'm blessed to have, you know, I have my GI Bill from going to school um, or from going to the military um, and I have about a year and a half left. So I'm going to try and finish it up and get maybe another degree. Um, so for me, I'm excited to start a, a new chapter. Um, I've completely like it's interesting that we've talked about like how like the society has changed and how you were saying how like one person goes to work and the other person takes care of the family. And um, my family is completely like it's it's nothing like I think anybody else in America is where it's like right now, my wife and I both aren't working. Um, we're both about to go back to school. Um, and it's, it's nice that we're able to kind of double team being a parent and taking on, you know, our son that's autistic. And uh, it's, it's, there's obviously down, there's downsides to it. You know, there's, I would love to be able to go back to work and get out of the house and do stuff like that. But at the same time um, it's, it's something that I think that my son, when he grows up, he's going to really appreciate that we were there and we were you know, always around for all of his, you know, all the different things that he learns and, and, you know, gets better at. And, you know, when his first words, when he finally starts to talk and all that stuff. Um, and I think he's going to appreciate the fact that we were always around and kind of, you know, his best friend. So um, for me, that's something that's I'm, I'm looking forward to is just um, there's more learning. Uh, I love that you read a lot of books. Um, I, that's something I really want to get more into. Um, I used to be a big reader, but kind of just dropped off and just stopped. But that's something I really want to get back into is um, reading some books. So I'm probably going to take some of your recommendations and uh, start reading some mm -hmm. of those books because I think that they, a lot of the ones that you shared are very interesting. I think that I would really enjoy those. So um, just learning, getting smarter, uh, and just being more of a positive influence on the world. Um, that's something that I'm trying to get a lot better at. So I, I said before that I'm kind of a pessimist. So um, I really don't want to be that person anymore. I, I kind of want to be a, a more of an optimist. And uh, I can definitely say, like, I feel like you're a very optimistic person. So um, it's very, I think you're a positive influence. Um, I think this is a great podcast. And uh, I'm just really uh, blessed and, and appreciative that you have me on here. So. Yeah, well, you know what, I, I think you're setting a good example. I one of the biggest fears I think people have that go to work and, and like if both parents are working, I gotta, I know both me and my wife work and one of our biggest fears is like, what do we, what kind of parents are we? What are we doing? What's really important? And yeah. you know, you can make the argument that grass is always greener, but 
you know, I, I I think that first off, it's not easy to be married and have kids, but it's rewarding. And a lot of people can't do it, but if you if you if you if you marry the right person and you and you're in love, then love never fails, and you find a way to do it because that kid didn't ask to be here. You know, yep. that's that's their life now. And I think you're setting an amazing example by being there for your kids and finding out information. And dude, I, I, I admire your ability to, to check, to drag down these stories, man. I was looking forward to it uh, ever since we spoke about it earlier in the week. And uh, I, I agree. And, and since you love reading books, this is a beautiful segue. I just finished my first book and it's off to an editor right now. It's called The Structure of Experience. Nice. And, uh, It'll be coming out hopefully two twenty two twenty two and uh awesome you know we'll, we'll we're gonna do like a little release party and stuff like that so uh, but yeah. yeah I'll send you the Dropbox also to everybody everybody watching uh, I'm gonna put a book in the link for you guys to check out and uh, listen to you for free and uh, I just want to say thanks to Mike check out his channel and we'll be out here next Sunday maybe with another guest and uh, and trying to break down today's stories so you guys can uh, be entertained and, and maybe learn a little something or talk a little smack, whatever you guys do. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next Sunday. Later. Okay. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone the world is a crazy place and if you listen to your heart and you take some chances I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine I've been doing the podcast for about five years last year I decided to take the plunge well circumstances dictated that I took the plunge and I did I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, Go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.